You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. In 2002, Chuck Melton acquired a C7 spinal cord injury from a diving accident. Five years later, he would begin to play wheelchair rugby at a local program in St. Louis. Now, he has been a member of the national team for the past 12 years, winning a silver medal at the 2016 Paralympic Games in Rio. He is hoping to better that finish at the upcoming Games in Tokyo. Growing up, you know, maybe before your accident, were you active in sports? Um, the, really the only thing that I ever played growing up was, uh, baseball. I was really heavy into baseball, uh, from a real young age and played it, uh, all the way up through, uh, my eighth grade year. And then uh, going into high school, I kind of fell into a rebellious phase and got out of, got out of sports, uh, started just running around too much. My grades were slipping and stuff like that. So I never really, uh, never really pursued that any further. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, that that's uh, not uh, atypical of uh, of teenage years, right? <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and so, uh, let's talk about you know your diving accident. You were, I think, what twenty three, twenty four years old. Um, uh, yeah, I was uh, twenty. I'm sorry, twenty three. Yes, okay. uh, it was just four four days before my twenty uh, fourth uh, birthday. Oh, okay, so it was around right around that time frame. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And you acquired, um, I think, a C7 spinal cord injury. Yeah. What, what, yeah, was, your, what was your life like at the time? Um, well, uh, we had uh, two children already. Uh, we had a two-year-old boy, a one-year-old girl, and my wife was five months pregnant with our third child, um, Allison. So it was uh, quite busy. Um, I was working, you know, a lot. Uh, I worked in a factory here, not too far from where we live here in Illinois, and uh, working around the clock. And was actually at a company picnic uh, at a lake not too far from where I live uh, right now. And, uh, of course, you know, had a, quite a few drinks throughout the day and stuff. And several of us were hot, wanted to go jump in the, in the lake, uh, went down to the end of the pier. Uh, two people jumped in before me. They didn't hit. I jumped in, just didn't jump out far enough and mm. stuck my head in the mud. And the rest is history. <laughs> and, and, and so was it an immediate uh, reaction? I mean, did you know immediately, you know, something was wrong and, uh, well, uh, they said that I was, I, I don't remember anything, um, from the, the moment that I jumped in the water, I don't remember hitting my head. Uh, the, the first thing I can really remember is waking up in the ICU, um, after my surgery. Um, and then them telling me at that point, you know, that I, you know, suffered a spinal cord injury and, uh, you know, a lot of things that go along with it. But yeah, that, that day they said that I was floating, on the tide after I jumped in, I was floating, you know, face down in the water. Uh, so a lot of my, you know, coworkers and stuff, they jumped in, pulled me to the shore. And I was, apparently I was talking, uh, they had coughed up a little bit of water. They didn't have to, I didn't actually drown, uh, thankfully, but, um, they were trying, they were squeezing my legs, asking me all these kind of questions, but I just, I, I never felt anything or, you know, or anything like I couldn't move anything. So they called the ambulance and stuff right away. And, and so, um, how long did how long were you in the hospital? How long did recovery take? Um, I think right around six weeks is when I got out of the hospital. Um, unfortunately, I just went back to work 
I had, at the factory and stuff. So I actually had no health insurance at the time. Uh, so at six weeks I was out of the hospital, but then I was driving, uh, back. Well, I wasn't driving actually. Someone was, um, taking me. It was a, a cousin of my wife's. Uh, she was driving me back and forth to St. Louis, uh, I think like three days a week for my rehab up until the point where I actually did get my license about a year later than I was able to drive myself. And did you, um, I mean, you know, any, I know folks that I talk to anytime that, that you have that kind of a, almost a life changing experience like that, what, what was going through your head? What was going through your psyche? What was, you know, what, what, what were you trying to figure out in terms of your, of your, your new normal, if you will, and, and what you could and couldn't do? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of that. Um, yeah, my, my big issue, I, I never went to very many, if maybe more than one, uh, like a peer group or, you know, type session to, you know, talk about things. I, I, I really didn't want to, I want to know part of it. Um, you know, I just kind of, kind of fell into this, um, deep depression, um, anger, you know, a lot of things that go along with this, you know, type of injury, uh, just like many guys have. Uh, and it was a good, I was probably a good five years into it. Um, I gained a lot of weight and, uh, before I ever found rugby. So it was, um, uh, as far as my psyche goes, you know, for those first five, first five years, it was it was hard. I mean, the only reason, you know, I thank her all the time. The only reason I'm still alive today is because of my wife. Many cases, it is it is a loved one that that, <laughs> that uh, keeps keeps things above board and and some sanity, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, having having uh, you know three children. I mean, because like I said, Allison was born just shortly after my accident there in December, my accident was in August and she was born in December. So, yeah. And then, you know, my wife, you know, Kelly, she had, uh, she woke up and she had to help me get in. Cause I still wasn't driving at this point. So she had to help me get into the van, load my chair up while she's going through contractions, going into labor, drove us to the hospital and all, you know, so yeah, she's an amazing woman to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important role of care caregivers don't get enough credit and and support yeah, loved yeah. ones don't get enough credit and support so how old are your kids now <laughs> where are we at now we're at 21 20 and 18 i think it's right oh my goodness so you in college and a senior in high school that's fantastic that's awesome chuck uh, uh so how did you you mentioned wheelchair, wheelchair rugby how did you how did you discover rugby um, I was actually uh, the a guy I was in the hospital with um, had been bugging me about it for for a couple of years, and he, uh, you know, they they you know contact me whether you know phone, email, whatever it was, and stuff like that, invite me out, and I just I never would, never did want to do it. Wasn't really you know looking forward, you know, looking for that outlet or anything else. And then at one point, you know, Kelly was like, you got to do something. I'm, I'm tired of you sitting around you know, <laughs> doing nothing. And I mean, I, cause I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing anything. I, I, my heaviest at that point, I was right up close to 330 pounds. Mm -hmm. So at the end, when I had my accident, I was right around 220, 240. So, you know, I gained another, uh, a lot of weight. Plus. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, um, uh, yeah. So finally went out, um, it was right before Christmas in 2008 or 2007, right before the start of the 2008 year. I uh, went up to St. Louis and uh, checked out a practice. They, they put me in a chair. They literally had to duct tape me into a chair because they didn't have one that I could actually fit in very well or a belt that would fit around me. And uh, got me in the chair, started pushing, took a couple of hits, and just fell in love with it right away. 
<laughs> That's what I often hear. So, so was it the contact part of it? Oh, absolutely. It was, yeah, the contact part of it, you know, and then you're watching, you know, some of these guys kind of finish up the rest of their practice and just the intensity and the, you know, some of the, you know, the kind of the trash talk that was going on and just stuff like that. And then really, you know, going back and forth with each other, but then, you know, talking with some of these guys over the next couple of weeks while they were on Christmas break because the, the school was closed that they practiced at, but, you know, talking with a few of these guys and just, really, you know, started to learn and understand more about, you know, there's, there's more things out there than, you know, just, you know, sitting around feeling sorry for yourself and uh, learning how to do things. I, I got way more out of the first two or three practices, just sitting around talking with a lot of these guys and gals about how they adjusted with their spinal cord injuries or whatever their disability might've been, you know, to, to cope with, you know, doing things, make doing transfers or cooking or clean, you know, just all these things. I got more out of it than any, you know, uh, peer group that I ever went to, you know, when I was in the hospital or shortly thereafter. And for those that, that haven't seen wheelchair rugby, how would you describe it? Obviously, besides the fact that it's a contact sport, how would, how would you describe what the sport's like and what, what you do during in, in the sport? Um, it's, 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 a, it's several sports combined is the way I, I usually try to describe it. So it's a lot of, you know, there's rules that it kind of follow along. We play on a, on a basketball court, a regulation basketball court, um, we have a lot of rules that kind of follow a basketball. Um, we do have a penalty box, kind of like hockey um, and things like that. There's actually, I mean, the only thing, it's called wheelchair rugby, but really the only thing that's really, well, we've changed some of the, the names over now that we call our goals or actually tries. And we kind of, we, you know, call it a pitch and stuff like that. But uh, as far as rugby itself goes, we don't even have, you know, a regular rugby ball. We play with the ball that's more like a volleyball. So the rugby part of it, the name of it just comes from the intensity, the hard hitting, just like in, you know, an able body rugby. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a lot of like uh, crash uh, demolition derby, you know, that's played on a basketball court with a volleyball. <laughs> demolition derby on a basketball court with a volleyball. Love it. <laughs> and um, talk a little bit about the po- positions and, and obviously positions you play and and kind of go into those details. Yep. So we are, there's uh, two teams of four. So four people on each team can be on the court, you know, at a time. Um, and in our sport, there's a, in other sports as well. Uh, but in our sport, there's a classification system associated with each player. And, and it's, it's, you're ranked on your level of uh, uh, disability. Um, of course, the sport originated with, you know, nothing but spinal cord injuries for now, as we have people with, that can play with MS or, you know, CP, you know, amputees and stuff like that, you can mm-hmm. play our sport. You got to have, you know, uh, an uh, impairment in at least three of your limbs uh, to be able to play. Um, so, but going back to the classification thing, typically we it's from a, a point that starts at the low end at a 0.5 and it goes up in half point increments. So 0.5, 1.0, 1.5, all the way up to a 3.5. And they do that to where a, a 0.5 is somebody with a, like the lowest amount of, of function, uh, that they can use. So someone with a higher level of like spinal cord injury than me. So someone like a C five, six, uh, someone in that neighborhood that was, can't use their, open their hands up at all. They have to push with their biceps. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't, you know, push with their, their triceps or their open palms. So that, that's what we call like a low point or they're typically one of the slower um, people on the court, but very, very um, functional. I mean, you, you couldn't play the game without them. There's typically more of a defensive player, and then you go way up to a three-five, which is usually more of the amputees, uh, people with 
considerably more function. Usually they have, you know, quite a bit of trunk, if not their full trunk. And they're the ones that typically handle the ball a lot more um, things, but they have that classification system. So you can have no more than eight points on the quarter at a time per team. So you couldn't have like four, you know, 3.5s out there. You can only have like a three five, a 3.5, a 3.5, and then you'd have to have a 2.5s out there to balance out to the eight points. Or you could have uh, four deuces out there, which is the classification I am. I'm 2.0. Um, so it's just that's – it really helps to level the playing field um, for all the teams out there and uh, makes the sport a lot more fun. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, strategy involved in in uh, and obviously – putting the team together and putting the, the players on the court and, and all Absolutely. that stuff. So someone's managing all that oh, <laughs> at yeah, a, a given time. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what the, the coaches are for. That's what all their late nights and early mornings are all about. You know, they watch you know, quite a bit of film, you know, when their trial, when trials happen and, you know, they got to make those hard decisions then, and, you know, and, and really look at the lines that can be developed and that's what we work on, you know, all your long, you know, all your long leading up to, you know, a different tournament and things will, you know, we'll try different players at different positions. Um, as far as actual positions go, there's no set offensive and defensive positions. Anybody can score you know, out of the four guys that are on the court. But like I said, typically you have some guys that do play more defense and some guys that, you know, play more uh, of an offensive role. And you said you got your start in St. Louis. So um, what yep. was the what was the program that you first started going to? And then how long did it, did it take for you to involve into something like I want to I want to do this at the c- c- highest competitive level as possible? <laughs> well, that was something crazy. I mean, so I started you know started playing with St. Louis in 2008. I finished out um, the end of the season with them, just mainly going you know to trying to learn the game as much as possible. Um, like I said, as, as much as I weighed at the time, I knew I had to make some drastic changes with my diet and exercise and things like that. Thankfully, uh, one of the other guys that played for the uh, St. Louis team, uh, Eric Newby, actually lives or lived at that time just a few miles down the road from me. And he had broken his neck um, just a few years after I did. And uh, I never knew him at the time, never knew him, you know, before, you know, the meeting him there at the, at the rugby <laughs> that first time so it was i was very fortunate in that fact that me and him could start training together so when we, we'd meet up just constantly whether it was pushing down the back roads out here in the country or meeting at a little gym uh there in nashville to do some court drills on you know we were able to ride back and forth with each other to you know talk about different things and then on top of that there was a couple people on the team um that had been on the u.s team at different times carrie morgan uh clayton braun you know, different ones that kind of took me under their wings and helped them, you know, explain the game and teach me a lot of things about it. And then our coach, Sue Tucker, um, is also the, the developmental team coach, and she's also the assistant coach for, the, you know, the U.S. team now and has been for several years. Mm-hmm. So I was very fortunate to have all these people around me and, uh, you know, teaching me things and really picking me up because I really had no idea that I could even had a shot at making that U.S. team a few years down the road. But – so I started in 2008, and in late 2010, there was an o- a couple openings that popped up on the developmental team for the U.S. Uh, some guys had to quit for different reasons and stuff, so they reached out to me and a few of the guys and invited us down to Birmingham to Lakeshore to, to try out for these couple of spots. And you want to talk about a humbling experience. I mean, I thought <laughs> I was doing pretty good for what I was, you know, how I played here in St. Louis, and I just went down there and had my butt absolutely handed to me. And the – 
uh, coach, the head coach at that time of the developmental team, Troy uh, McGurk. And then Sue was the, you know, my St. Louis coach. She was the assistant coach with him. They were just, you know, like, look, you got to lose some weight. You got to get faster. So, like, one of the first things you got to do on a tryout is go, you push the Lakeshore mile and let it, on their indoor track. Mm-hmm. And I think I was right around 14, 15 minutes to get, to finish that thing. And I mean, there was 0.5s that were finishing it faster than me. I mean, I was just getting smoked by everybody. I couldn't hardly lift my arms by the end of practice and things. So I, I learned a lot in that very first tryout for that developmental team. So I took that, took everything they you know told me I needed to work on, went back, tried out again for the team in 2011, the developmental team, made it and was on that team for a year before getting the invite to try out for the national team in 2012 and was fortunate enough to make that team and have been with them, you know, ever since now you got to try out every year, but I've, you know, been fortunate enough to be with a national team since 2012. Um, I didn't go to London and never even knew that I, you know, never even thought I had a chance, but it was just that the first year or two, I was just soaking up information left and right, picking the brains of the guys that were on the team at the time and just trying to learn as much as I could. So 16 was your first Paralympics then? Yeah. Yep. 16 was my first one. Yep. And, you know, I know that, that, that gold medal match was, was uh, epic. (laughs) I I can, I can, I can still feel it like it happened yesterday. The, the intensity, you know, the roar of the crowd, just the electricity in the air, every, Almost every single play, I can, I, you know, whether I was on the court or on the sideline, I, I can see it every time I close my eyes. It's it's amazing. And and so um, obviously uh, getting silver, not not you know, but losing by one point. Um, what what kind of taste does that leave in your mouth? Bitter, very bitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but it's, at the same time, I mean, you couldn't hardly ask for you know a, a better game i mean obviously yes we you know i would have much rather won that game but you know it's one like it's still talked about to this day you know about mm-hmm. one of the greatest games that were ever played um so it's you know as much as it hurt you know we, we've learned a lot since then you know we we look back on that game and you know and other games since then that we've you know that we've lost and just you know learn from it just you don't dwell on it you you know can't you know be upset about it but you just you know you watch the film you would, you know, adjust and, and you move on. And as we, as we, uh, well, I guess look into Paralympic, uh, Paralympic games in now 2021, this, hopefully this summer, what are the expectations, um, you know, going into Tokyo? Um, well, the expectations are we're going to, you know, we're going to be at the top of the podium come the, you know, the end of that, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not going to be easy. I mean, there's, you know, they're at the top, four or five teams in the, in the world are just, you know, our games are usually within, you know, one or two points of each other. So it's just, mm-hmm. it comes down to, you know, the, the fine details of, you know, who, who has the least amount of turnovers, you know, who uses their timeouts wisely, who uses the clock management wisely. You know, it's just kind of what we talked about earlier with, you know, different strategies on the court. I mean, there's plays where you have pick and rolls and all these other things, but it, it comes down to the things like using your timeouts wisely, um, you know, not having, you know, turnovers, you know, doing the clock management at the end of quarters, uh, trying to get jump balls when you need them. So there's so many things that go into it. Um, and, you know, there's, there's so many teams out there. I've said, you know, Australia, Japan, GB, uh, and not taking away from some of the, you know, France, all these other ones. There's 
always have a team they get better every year if you watch them every year they're just getting better and better and better so you've really got to step your game up you've got to be you know not only you know in such a great physical shape but mentally you've got to be so prepared um for things that could go wrong and that's where you know things with our our sports psych that we use you know really help you to you know get ready for those situations so you know it's it, we know it's not going to be easy um but we're prepared for preparing for you know every aspect that we can of it and and for you personally it um beyond uh tokyo i mean how long do you want or anticipate to be able to you know uh, play and and compete at the at the elite level (laughs) that's that's a good question because you know after after rio you know going leading up to it you know my wife and i we had talked you know that that was going to be the end of it but just you know there was no way to after that, after that loss, I mean, it was that night I knew, I knew that night that I, that I was, there's no way I could retire. And then she's said as much too. there's, you know, there's no way, you know, and you know, I, there's no way I could have been playing this sport all these years. If I had not had her support, the support of all three of my kids, my family, you know, there's so many people that have stepped up and helped pitch in um, so many ways to allow me to, to pursue this. Um, so, you know, that being said, you know, after Tokyo, I, honestly, I don't know. It, it really depends. I mean, I, I love this game. I love this sport so much. You know, I just I really don't know what the future holds. I think we'll just kind of wait and see what happens. You know, after after the games and how the body's feeling. You know, how mama's feeling. How you know if she's ready to <laughs> step down or exactly what. You know, how's how she's doing? Because we're going to be empty nesters after this next year. That's I, you know, my true. Daughter, That's true. Yeah, she just got accepted to the University of Louisville, so we're going to have you know three in college out and gone. So I'm not sure exactly what the future is going to hold for, for me. So TBD, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So with the discovery of, you know, when, when you, when you discovered uh, rugby uh, kind of fill in the blank for me, sports make me blank. Oh, well, that's a good question. Sports make me a better person have made me a better person i mean like i said growing up not playing very much other than some baseball and you know my parents and my dad worked a, a swing shift at a steel mill my mom's you know a nurse still is a nurse things but i mean they they worked hard they worked long hours and stuff so I mean, we live far enough out in the country that i never really had a good opportunities you know to get back and forth to, to school for sports mm-hmm. um things like that but you know since making this team and you know meeting the people that i have learning the things that i have you know and i've, I've read so many books um, from different athletes and and you know uh people from other other disciplines other other sports and you know you know meeting other athletes you know you know from rio um it's just it's it's, it's crazy how i've i look at things you know my parenting you know, my relationship with the kids, you know, got stronger over the years. You know, it's, they look, they didn't look at me as, you know, a superhuman being sometimes, you know, and, and things, but they also know the, the, the struggle that it takes, you know, the discipline that it takes to, to stay at this level. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not something you just make the team once and you're on it for the next four years. You got to try out every single year. So, you know, my kids have got to see, what it takes if, if it's this you know if it's something that you truly want that you're you know passionate about 
you have got to be disciplined for it. And that means, you know, everything from nutrition to, you know, mental health, physical health. I mean, just, you have got to put the work in to get where you want to be. So it's, you know, it's every aspect of this sport has made me, like I said, a, a better father, a better husband, you know, just a, a better person in general. You know, I, I love lifting people up. I love helping people. I'm a, you know, my job outside of the rugby team is I'm a CrossFit coach at a local gym. Um, mm. And, you know, I just, I love being there to help people because it's, you know, I, I see the way people move from a, a different perspective, you know, being, you know, f sitting in this chair. I just, it, it's amazing how people respond to, to my, you know, words of, you know, why don't you try it this way? And they're like, well, you know, how do you, how do you think that's going to work? Well, then just when I'm watching you move, I, I see this, you know, how you're moving and this is what I imagine it would be like. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's really fun to challenge myself to help someone who's not in a wheelchair be able to perform better in the gym or in their, in their daily, you know, life. And uh, yeah, it's, like I said, it's just, it's amazing how it's opened my eyes to so many different things. Yeah, I can just imagine. Now, before we before we started, I know we were talking. You're you live in a relatively small town in Illinois. Are you like a local celebrity, being on a uh, you know being part of Team USA? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I ne I never think of it that way, but yes, it's 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 quite. It's not you know nothing to go out and go to a, you know a restaurant and go out something to eat and we'll see somebody and you know whether it's they know me they see me every day or you know someone that hasn't seen me in a couple of years and they'll you know ask me. You know, oh my, you know, how, you know, how's things going? Are you still training? You know, they get all excited and stuff. And they'll, you know, I've, I've had a couple of experiences where these uh, little kids have come up and say, Are you, you know, are you Chuck Melton? And I'm like, Yeah. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you got the go older Rio, didn't you? And, you know, I seen your medal or seen a picture of you in your medal. And a lot of time, you know, I'd, I'll bring it to them. And, you know, I've went to different schools around here and, you know, took my medal and let kids wear it and take, you know, pictures with it and stuff like that. So it's, it really, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be able to reach out you know, and, you know, into the community like that and, you know, and to be recognized, it's, I never, I never speak up about it, but it's, it's nothing for my wife or, you know, different ones to, you know, say, Hey, you know, he, you know, he plays for the U S team or, or something to that effect. And it is, I mean, it's, it's, it is pretty awesome. I, you know, I can't lie. <laughs> and kind of along those lines, I, I imagine that that helps redefine disability. I mean, you know, and just being, uh, oh, know, and, and, and so how, how do you see maybe your, your role or your, or your um, effort in, in redefining disability? Well, it's, you know, it's that it kind of goes to that inclusion thing. It's, you know, we, we just, we, we want to be, you know, included in everything. It's, and so it's, I mean, it's, there's nothing, you know, we can't do or won't try. It's just, you know, trying, you know, finding that different way of doing things. Um, but it's, you know, it's, so as far as it's, you know, leading up to the, you know, training for the Paralympics, I mean, you, you've got to dedicate just as much time as what an able-bodied Olympian would, you know, years and years of training, you know, for this one shot of, you know, trying to get, you know, to the top of the podium. And it's, it's no different for us, you know, and it's really, it's really important to, to get that message out, you know, to the community. Um, so it's, it's, it's challenging because that's something I've never been comfortable with. And, you know, I've never been comfortable with, you know, getting in front of a group of people and just, you know, talking about myself or, or, you know, different, different things, but it's over the years, I've learned just how important it is, you know, and as, as much as I don't like, you know, joy in doing it, you know, getting in front of people and, and speaking and talking, I've really 
come to understand the importance of it, you know, and uh, so I don't, I don't back away from it. I may not always be good at it. I may stumble my words and do different things, but it's, it's such an important um, part of our responsibility as, you know, these elite athletes to, to get the word out about how important inclusion is for, you know, all sports, all disabilities, you know, across the board. Are you on any social media platforms in case people want to follow your, your journey to, to Tokyo and whatnot? Um, yeah, well, I'm on Instagram and uh, Facebook are my, my two main uh, platforms that I, that I reach out on. Mainly Instagram, but I, I do put some stuff out on Facebook. So, yeah, if they look me up, you know, Chuck Melton. Um, I don't remember exactly what my handle is on there. <laughs> here. Uh, but yeah, I said, but that being said, my, my wife, Kelly, she's uh, she's more of my PR person. She, she does a lot of the posting and stuff for me. So I, I try to get better at it every year and things, putting videos and, you know, working out and different things like that out there. But she's really, she's my PR go-to right there. Understood. Yes. Well, we'll definitely be following along and, uh, and rooting for uh, Team USA to grab that gold uh, in Tokyo. So Chuck, thanks for being my guest. Oh, no, I really appreciate it.